Find out which guests are being featured this week. Read our network press releases and read the blog posts from your favorite hosts. Go to iradioblog.com today. Powered by the Voice America Talk Radio Network. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Press the button, my friend. Local and national outdoor news, up-to-date seasons, gear reviews, and tips that you can actually use. There's a little something for everyone. It's all at your fingertips right here, right now, on The Revolution with Jim and Trav. And it's brought to you in part by Zeiss. We make it visible. And to learn more about Zeiss Sport Optics... Head for Zeiss.com forward slash sports. And now, Jim and Trav. We're two halves of a whole idiot. Revolution. This is food plots of our lives. Take one. So you mean to tell me that you're, like, honestly being for real when you tell me that you're into food plots? I mean, you're so popular and beautiful. I mean... I, I never thought you would have been into this kind of stuff. Yeah, sometimes. That is awesome. Okay, every day, but my friends <laughs> think it's really weird. Yeah, but you know what? Who cares? All right? Well. I, I mean, all that matters is what you think. I mean, how do you feel about it? I think it's really weird. But it's a good weird. It's like marshmallows and yogurt. These people are nuts! Oh, about the outdoors! Ow! Hey, who are those guys? Jim and Trav. <laughs> That's it. If you folks didn't get it, we are covering the science of food plots. How could you not get that? It was clear as day. Don't beat around the bush. It was as clear as mud. That was good radio. <laughs> that was good. That was good radio. Anyways, it's so cow. in this week's Ram Power Block. Oh my God. Ram. We've got Todd Amonroot from over there at Biologic and Randy Vanderveen with Whitetail Ambush Secrets. And then we'll also hear from old David Moores with the Bucks of Ticamonte and Nick Rhodes of Wildlife Properties, Todd Graff from Food Plots, and on Pro's Chance Orb. Yeah, so uh, just phoning us on the Ram Hotline. Do you like that? I love that. It sounds like Batman S. <laughs> I think it's kind of cool. The Ram Hotline will be Todd Amonroot, and he is with Biologic, uh, if you guys have already forgotten that. Is but anyways, Logic um, anyways, I'm just going to ignore that comment. You know, uh, Todd, uh, before the show started, you and I and Jim were talking about um, the size of food plots. You know, some people can't afford and have the land to do 150 acres. Others, you know, where land is tight and money, they can only afford maybe a quarter of an acre. And so, um, honestly, I know everybody jokes about this, and I don't exactly know how else to phrase this, but when it comes to food plots, Todd, um, does size matter? Honestly. That's the question everyone wants to know, don't we? <laughs> <laughs> We're talking about food pods, guys. You know, it, it really depends upon what you're trying to do. Yes. What Mother Nature deals you in the way of open areas. It depends upon the part of the country that you're from. And a, a big thing is it depends upon your deer density. You know, how many mouths do you have to feed? I would argue that every little bit helps. 
but it really depends upon your goals as, as to what you can accomplish with what you have. Now, you, you just recently wrote an article called Love Thy Neighbor. Now, I'm sure you weren't talking about dating your, your uh, next-door neighbor. Absolutely what the heck were not. you talking about? Well, it, it's about management on, on small parcels. I mean, if you look at the average person who plants a food plot, they don't have huge tractors. They're no. doing this with ATV implements. But, again, every little bit helps. And uh, uh, you can get it done with small implements. When I first started doing this 30-some years ago, I borrowed my mom's garden tiller. You know, <laughs> there you go. Troy Bill. Really, it's the truth. I, I had beautiful-looking food plots. You know, I didn't plant vast acreage, but yeah, I had a couple acre plots that uh, the deer loved anyhow. Yeah. Now, um, real quick, you know, it's cool for us to talk about it, but people like me, you know, you, you hear these things on the radio, then you go home and you want to learn more about it. Reality where, strikes. Yeah. Where can we find um, some of these articles online? How can we find out more about biologic? Where do we have to go, Todd? I would suggest that we, we have two excellent uh, uh, websites. One is plantbiologic.com. Okay. T-L-A-N-T-B-I-O-L-O-G-I-C.com. And the other one is the Gamekeepers website at FarmingForWildlife.com. The Farming for Wildlife website really has more of the good usable information, but the Plant Biologic website also has good information, but we'll, we'll hit you with a little propaganda there as well. Yeah, now I got a couple um, questions I want you to answer. We got some emails over the week uh, after our newsletter came out, and Aaron in Arizona writes, when I go to plant my food plot, must I use herbicides? Danielle in uh, Fort Worth, Texas writes, do I need fertilizer? You know, so many people have questions um, what should you do, Todd? What should you stay away from? Well, it really depends. Now, you know, back in the 70s, uh, early 70s, my grandpa farmed uh, and he didn't have herbicides. Yeah. So in that case, you have to, you know, prepare well in advance. It is possible to plant food plots without herbicide, but man, I'm here to tell you it's tough. So I would answer that question by saying, if it's me, I'm going to use herbicide glyphosate or Roundup is uh, easy, safe to use, and uh, I would also suggest the use of certain selective herbicides. Like Agent Orange. Grass-specific herbicide that you can use over clovers and brassicas and and whatnot, and and even a broadleaf herbicide that you can use safely over grasses. So there are a number of different types of herbicide that we can use. If you use them according to the instructions, they're safe to use, they're easy to use, you can find them in most parts of the country. So definitely want to use herbicide. Do you want to use fertilizer? I'd answer that question by saying, how long can you go without eating? <laughs> Good <laughs> answer. A lot of people think that, oh, well, you know, their plants are growing there, and that's, that's fine. You, the specific plant that nature intended to grow there yeah. is growing there now, and it has food for it. But if you want your specific crop to grow there, you need to change those conditions over into a, a situation where your specific desirable crop has the best chance for uh, for growth, and that would mean, yeah, you need to give it the perfect food for the type of crop that you're growing. So, yes, you need to fertilize. Okay, how about annuals versus perennials? That depends upon upon your goals. And, you know, it, well, duh, Todd, you know, I want to grow food and crock it and kill one every year. That's everyone's goal. But, but seriously, think about what you have to work with 
and where you're trying to get. For my, what I'm saying here is, let's say last year you shot a five by five that scored 120 inches. You brought the jawbone to the DNR to get it aged. You found out it was six and a half years old. Yeah. Well, if that's the case, boy, that five by five should score significantly higher than that. I would probably look at putting much of my resources, much of my time, effort into trying to increase the nutrition in the area for health and antler growth, fawn rearing, uh, yeah. to, to give them back some nutrition. Well, also then you can tailor make it to fit your budget as well. And, you know, a- as Americans, Jim and Todd, you know, we've been conditioned to want everything right away. You know, and this is really a lifetime investment, as you were saying, as you're talking about the the fawn crop and so on and so forth. You know, th- this is something don't expect results next year. You know, you really got to plan years down the road what this is actually going to build into. You're creating such a great nutrition for these animals and, and really um, you're, you're building up the, the heritage of hunting. My gosh, Travis, I wish that <laughs> that everybody would get that through their head. Every, no, seriously, I mean, everybody wants to grab a bag of seed, get it in the ground, and see immediate results forever and ever, and and you, you've hit it right on the head. Being a land steward and, and managing whitetail is an ongoing thing, yep. and the older I get, the more I... I come to realize that and maybe age has a bit to do with that but, <laughs> but that is so true you you do what you can now you add to it as you go and really within a fairly short period of time you know three years or so you can have uh you know like you're watching on the outdoor channel you can have hunting just like that if you do things right you bet. Hey, we've been talking with Todd Amonrude, and boy, he knows a lot about food plots. That's right. Todd, you got to hand out web addresses, also Facebook, Twitter. Where can we find you guys? Well, uh, I would uh, just assume you go through the Biologic website. You can get in touch with me through there. Contact me through there. Ask questions at plantbiologic.com. All right. Well, uh, once again, that charming man right there is Mitta, Todd Amonrude, and uh, he is with Biologic. And Todd, man, thank you so much for uh, calling in uh, to the Rev today. But uh, we, we got to take another call real fast. Thanks for having me. Alrighty. We just want to take this opportunity to send a big radio hug out for you. And we mean that, people. I'm, I'm serious. If I had the time and the money, I would, I would, I would hug. You better lock your doors. Even kiss. Every single one of our listeners. We love you. Feel the love. Pass it around. <laughs> okay. But, but you, you don't? Hey, what's your deal? That's hey. why people like me better than you. That's true. Hey, but you know what, Tramp? Our next caller is Randy Vanderveen, and he's got Whitetail Ambush Secrets, and he hit us up at 785-846-7647. Yeah, you know, Jim, uh, this is kind of off topic. You know, it has to do with uh, Mr. Randy, but I was talking with him yesterday, as you know. Hey, you know, Randy, I mean, a very intelligent man. Well known. Um, extremely self-confident. He, he's securing himself, and that's a good quality to have. Hey, How do we know that? To prove my point, just take a listen to this. <laughs> Just because I'm famous and sexy doesn't mean that someone could just go and marry me the second I leave the room. I, I don't think he's on the line anymore. But no, that's not Randy. That is actually Jim. <laughs> well, anyhow, Randy, I, we read some of the articles that you have on Hunt Full Time, and uh, you, you've got one article in there about planting radishes, of all things, for deer. Now, is that good nutrition? Is that an attractant? What the heck is that all about? Do radishes really help? Yeah, is this just like your regular garden Um vegetable yep yep and you know they're they're not the little red ones like you're familiar with in the grocery store uh-huh. but these are um you know there's different names for them some some people call them daikon radishes uh, yeah. trophy radishes 
but but you know generally they're they're groundhog radishes and, and these things grow oh they can get up to two to three feet long oh and, wow and up to uh you know three to four inches in diameter they look like a huge carrot and they're kind of a light green color uh-huh. really it, it's it's a plant that uh, you know the deer will hit the greens yeah uh-huh. and start eating the greens you know early in the season you know september october and and then um, later in the winter, when you start getting some snow on the ground, that's when they really come back and they hit the actual radish that, that is in the ground. And they'll, they'll dig those things right up. And, you know, when you got snow on the ground, the deer will do an abrupt shift from like a clover plot to the radish plant because, you know, if the deer is going to go in there and they've got to dig through the snow, they would much rather find a one-pound radish than, than <laughs> just a little mouthful of clover. That is, yeah, but, but if say in our climb here in Kansas, which is uh, not unlike where you're at in Michigan, uh, we do have some frost here and so forth. But the fact of the matter is, if they've never had it before, how do they know that it's good? <laughs> you know, that that is one interesting issue. Um, some guys will have some deer in their area that uh, are not familiar with that, and, you know, they won't hit it or find it until, you know, some of the other stuff that they're used to is gone. But, you know, from my experience, um, most of the people that have grown this stuff, you know, it's, it's a first-time plant that they've planted it, and, and the deer have hit it right away uh, on year one. So um, I don't think it's it's one of those uh, brassicas that, um, you know, have that real – it's not doesn't have that um, the uh, alkaloid yeah, the, taste to it, you know, the where they're biting. really bitter. Okay, now mm-hmm. if they so, eat that green off, uh, does that kill the plant then? Um, not necessarily. You know, um, you know the greens grow at about the same rate that the uh, that the root does, and I have noticed that even though a deer will start nipping off the tops of those things, uh, they will still grow because it seems as though they will take off maybe the first two three inches. Uh, of the, of those uh, trophy radishes, and they won't they won't eat the greens all the way down to the root. So they leave enough greens on there in order for that plant to continue to grow. And and why they don't just take one and and, and nibble it right down to the root, I have no idea. But they just it's kind of like a. It's kind of like, you know, these deer went out there with a weed eater and just whacked off the tops of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, uh, Randy, we've we got a couple more questions. We're coming up on a break we got to get to. But one thing I want to touch back on that you brought up a second ago, which I thought was a very good point. Um, you know, obviously, if you provide good nutrition to a pre-existing buck, yes, you are going to afford him the opportunity to have a bigger rack. However, like you said, if you focus on the does, you provide them with the nutrition so they have a health the fawn crop that is your best ticket for growing monster deer you hit it right on the head yes it is a longer investment or return on investment as you would say but that is the proper way of going about this and if you were to start this this august let's say two three years down the road you could have tremendous hunting you could be a Truck farmer or a deer farmer, I think they'd call it. Um, and, and that's the true no, way to go sell about the radish. it. Yeah, that's the way to go about it, isn't it, Randy? It, it really is. And, you know, I think one thing that a lot of guys really don't realize is that if these fawns are, are coming in healthy, they're going to also uh, go th- – if you got doe fawns, they'll come into estrus on their very first, you know, when they're about six, seven months old. Wow. And so what that does is it just intensifies the rut because you have more receptive does out there. You bet. Hey, we've been talking with Randy Vanderveen. Of course, he's out of Grand Rapids, Michigan, and he knows a lot about food plots. That's right. And, Randy, if we want to find out more about you in Whitetail Ambush Secrets, and uh, Secrets, I mean, and how about Hunt Full Time, where do we have to head to online to do that? 
The best place to go is just go to whitetailambushsecrets.com. So, again, that's whitetailambushsecrets.com. And we also mentioned a hunt full time. Got to check them out. Wonderful information on there. But, Randy, we got to get to an ad break here in just a second. So, a thank you so much, man, for taking time out of your day uh, to call the revolution. Appreciate it. All right. Thanks, guys. All right. Well, uh, stick around because coming up next is who, Jimbo? Hey, David Morris with the Bucks of Tecamonte. Tecamonte. Ah. Uh, <laughs> So I stick around because David Morris is coming up after this right here on The Revolution. It's brought to you by Ram Trucks at RamTrucks.com plus Cabela's. World's foremost outfitter at Cabela's.com and Ruger. That's Ruger.com. We'll see you after this. You're listening to The Revolution with Jim and Trav. Stay right there. We'll be right back. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. Sometimes you can tell a lot about a horse by what it's named. Like its color. It might be blacky or rony or buck. A name could have something to do with a horse's temperament or its disposition. Like wild man or roller or bad bob. Yeah, the name of a horse is sometimes the name of his game. It's kind of like driving a Ram truck. That name means something. It means you know the value of dust, sweat, and pride. Guts, glory, Ram. Ram is a registered trademark of Chrysler Group, LLC. The new Ruger LC9 Centerfire Pistol, a compact, powerful 9mm pistol designed for discreet carry. It is also a full-power, no-compromise backup pistol, incorporating the rugged reliability Ruger is known for. Visit Ruger.com slash LC9 to learn more. Welcome. Welcome to the revolution with Jim and Trav. I still like you guys, but I really can't be seen with you because, you know, you're unpopular. Who the heck paid this lady to say that? Uh, we paid our um, <laughs> producer to make that. Frank, the sound guy? Frank, the sound guy, does a great job. On today's show, once again, we are talking about food plots on today's show, and we'll be joined right now by David Morris. And Jim, uh, what do you call us at? He called us at 785-846-7647. Yeah, and who better to talk to when you when you want to talk about habitat, when you want to talk about food plots? Uh, Just everything in general. Everything in general. I actually call him nightly and cry on the phone to him. <laughs> David! <laughs> Anyways, we got David Morris with the Bucks at Tecamonte on the line right now. And you know, David, um, right now the available natural browse is dead and gone for deer. And so this is the time when they really need nutrition um, to get them through this, this tough part of the year, isn't it? Yeah, it is. But uh, Jim and Travis, if you haven't done something about it by now, you're not going to be able to help them between now and the spring. Exactly. The food, the food that they're eating now you needed to have planted last fall or the previous spring. That food plot needed to be in existence going into the fall. Yeah. So, but but it's never too late to look ahead. Yes. And, and you're right. One of the key times of the year for deer condition is the late winter and early spring before the green up. That is a major stress time for deer. Yeah. And food plots are one of the great ways of uh, 
mitigating that stress. Yeah. Now the thing is, you know, we uh, we have listeners in the colder climes and in the warmer climes, like uh, where you're at in South Texas, and uh, so times change and and uh, geographic areas change. You know, if the deer is using up more energy to dig up that uh, that food, what well, what's he going to do? Yeah. You know, that's one of the reasons that whenever you can, I prefer perennial food plots to yeah. annual food plots. Now, perennials, are that's a plot that is that is in existence year-round. It, it lasts more than one year. And the reason I like perennial food plots, and one of my favorite is monster mix, Tecumani monster mix, which is white clover and chicory and a couple other minor clovers in it. And the reason I like that is it's available during that early springtime, as soon as things start to warm up a little bit, this monster mix explodes, and it's available early when the antlers are first beginning to grow on the on the box, and when the does need that protein, they need that food, that high-quality food source for completing the uh, development of that fawn, and then later on in the summer for lactation to provide milk for that fawn so you've got a healthy fawn. But if you don't have a perennial plot, if you wait till you can plant an annual, you have to wait till the ground temperature warms up before yeah. you plant an annual. Then when you plant it, you still have to wait for several weeks before it's in good production. Whereas a perennial plot going into the spring, as soon as that sun starts hitting, as soon as the days start to warm up, the day length starts to increase, it is in full production. And those deer get to utilize it during the critical time of year when they're growing the antlers and they're growing those fawns. Yeah. Now, you had mentioned in this uh, this mixture um, chicory. Now, is that an attractant or is there actually some type of a vitamin or mineral that's within that uh, plant that's really helpful to deer? It is an attractant, absolutely. So is white clover. But it is also a very high-quality, high-protein food source. And I like to plant chicory in combination with a legume, whether it's alfalfa or clover, because chicory is a forb. It's not a legume, although it has the same high-protein qualities that a legume does. But it is a forb, and it feeds off the nitrogen that the legumes fix in the soil. The legumes make nitrogen, Mm. and they put it back in the soil, and so the the chicory feeds off that uh, nitrogen, so it is a great combination. I'd never plant any clover or alfalfa without planting chicory with it. There's no reason to. Chicory is a great companion crop, and it doesn't compete very much with the clover and alfalfa. Yeah. You know, David, uh, we, we've been talking to a lot of people, and um, after they sit in their stand for, let's say, three or four days up in a tree, whatever they have, um, it's cold out, it's blizzarding. They, they start to get a little frustrated when they're not seeing the animals that they had hoped for. And so, you know, here is the time, like you brought out, January through March is when they really need that nutrition to sustain them and to build those big old healthy deer herds that you want. And you really, by, by getting out there and planting food plots and planning for the future, it really kind of extends your hunting season. It feels like you can then hunt year round as you plant these and you see it grow and you see how the deer are benefiting from this and you put out your trail cameras and you track this. It's really, you're turning more or less a season of hunting into a year round process. I can see why you well, call David every night. Yes. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> well, that's what, that's what the money management strategy is all about. It's yeah. about the year round lifestyle. And if you want to have good hunting during the fall, if you want to grow more and bigger deer, and then also hold them closer to home and then throw in the added benefit of create a great attractant 
yeah. that improves your hunting success and your hunting enjoyment. I mean, what's more fun than watching deer? Nothing. Even <laughs> if you're not shooting them, you're sitting out there at least looking at them. So the tech money management strategy is not about just going out and shooting a deer. It's about interacting and creating a better habitat for these deer on a year-round basis. You know, one of the things that I noticed uh, at, at, at the cost of the Tecumate seeds, you can get a lot of seeds for not a heck of a lot of money, and, and you don't have to plant an 80-acre food plot. You can plant a half acre, can't you? Well, that's correct. You know, the cost of seed as a general rule of thumb cost about, oh, let's say about $50 per acre. <laughs> and so you, you're, you're looking at a two to three acre food plot that your cost of seed is $150, $200, which is nothing compared to the enjoyment that you're going to get and what you're giving back to the deer herd. You know, I spend more than that on beer when I drown my sorrows. <laughs> you know, talking now, to David. <laughs> David, if we yeah. want to if we want to find out more about uh, the Bucks of Tecamonte, Tecamonte Wildlife Systems, where do we have to head to online to do that? You have to go to tecamonte.com, and we're, we're posting articles weekly and in some cases daily on deer management to help people uh, – Learn more about how to grow these bigger deer. That's right. You can also hook up with them on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, yep. all that stuff. You got to do yep. it. Once again, we're talking to a David Morris, and he is the co-host of the Bucks of Tecumonte. They're on NBC Sports Outdoors. Got to check out a show. Wonderful. Been handing out some awesome tips uh, related to Food Plus on today's show. But we are brought to you by Ram Trucks. RamTrucks.com. Hey, an NRA blog at NRAblog.com. And Steiner. That's Steiner-Binoculars.com. But Mr. David, man, thank you so much for uh, fun of the show today. And uh, stay safe out there, man. Always great to be with you guys. Happy New Year. Well, Happy New Year to you too, buddy. And uh, stick around because coming up after the break, we're going to have Nick Rhodes with Wildlife Property. Stay tuned. Hey, what's up, radio freaks and geeks? This is the revolution. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. If you're an avid outdoorsman searching for a dream retreat or an investor looking to create wealth through land ownership, Wildlife Properties can be your guide to finding Kansas land. Wildlife Properties offers real estate and management services for outdoorsmen and investors alike. Located in north central Kansas, this area is one of the few places on earth where you can experience a unique combination of world-class hunting and fishing. Fertile crop fields provide enticing income, while breathtaking views and endless sunsets calm your soul. Let Wildlife Properties be your guide to land ownership. Visit us online at MyWildlifeProperties.com. That's MyWildlifeProperty.com. This is George Thornton with the National Wild Turkey Federation, and if you're looking for great hunting, you'll find it in Kansas. You may already know about the great pheasant hunting here, but did you know Kansas is also a great place for quail, deer, geese, and my personal favorite, the wild turkey? Learn more about turkey hunting in Kansas at www.travelks.com. Make your next meal in the outdoors your most memorable with Camp Chef at campchef.com. It's the way to cook outdoors. Do you have a wildlife management question? Then hit up the boys, Jim, Trav, and Nick at outdoortrailsnetwork.com and they'll answer it live. This is a revolution with Jim and Trav. Four lines are open at 785-846-7647. And all this week, Trav, we've been talking about food plots, big, small, and medium. Yeah, we've been talking about a lot of stuff, um, food plots in particular. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> no, we want to say thank you to all of our um, loyal listeners for all your comments and suggestions. 
They're on Facebook and Twitter. But right now but we are. The, but what? Fred, Fred in Montana, who said get off the air, we're not, we're not going to take that. <laughs> he was talking to you. Actually, no, she was talking to you. I've got the sound clip. Just oh, yeah, that's what I'm afraid of. <laughs> it's right here. Listen. I really can't stand him. He talks too much crap all night long, cursing. He thinks it's cute, but it is. It gets old. It's already old. See, she was talking about you, not Nick. Oh, and I. there you go. And I'm talking about Nick Rose with oh, Wildlife Property. Oh, he is on the line right now, everybody. I and I'm joining the movement. Nick's going to replace you, Jim. (laughs) But, Nick, you know, we have been talking about uh, Food Plus on today's show, and you are our um, resident expert. He's a guru. To management, and you've kind of got your own little recipe when it comes to Food Plus that you have cooked up. Food Plus are extremely simple. That uh, it's a very complicated thing that people make way too complicated. And instead of making a complicated thing Sounds complicated, like a- let's make a complicated thing simple. I so like that. I want to try to do. I want to try to throw out there my uh, my five step, five ingredients, whatever you want to call it, to having a great food plot. And this is a very like high level, fifty thousand foot view of food plot. So I'm not going to say. You know, this guy in Biloxi, Mississippi is going to have the same food plot as this guy in, you know, Northern California. You know, it's going to be different wherever you are or whatever. But that being said, number one, determine what it is food-wise that you're trying to get into the environment or into the habitat. And, and that's kind of a two-part question or two-part yeah. statement. Um, one is like, what is it you're trying to attract? Are you trying to attract deer? Are you trying to attract upland game? Are you trying to attract predators? You know, whatever yeah. it might be, you know, it, you've got to determine first what it is you're trying to pull in. And then you have to look around in the environment and say, what is this environment missing that adding a food plot is going to fill a void for? Uh, two, I would say identify that sweet spot for placing your plot. This is something that's really simple to do. You either have big equipment and you're going to clear out a nice big uh, area and you got a couple acres. That's great. Most of the times, that's probably not the case. So a guy can simply clear a spot or identify that sweet spot by just walking around. Uh, a good place to start is timber, heavily timbered areas. Yeah. Go through there and find find the less productive uh, uh, wooded uh, area and just clear that. You know, you, you, especially with commodity prices the way they are. Good luck trying to get a farmer or a landowner to give up, you know, acreage that they have for for tillable purposes. Yeah, so you've got to improvise. You've got to find those less productive areas uh, of the property and turn those or convert those into food plots. And so, you know, this is a great time of year to do that. With it being winter, a lot of things are dead. You don't have all the undergrowth and everything else. So it's really easy to navigate your properties, and it's really easy to see the trees through the forest, so to speak, because, you know, you've got that, you know, everything is in hibernation mode right now. So that being said, back onto my recipe. (laughs) As we digress. Step four. (laughs) Step three, be conscious of what you're planning and uh, what that might attract. You know, a lot of people don't think about trying to put food sources again if you just jump into a a, a food source that's not natural to that area yeah. you may totally turn off the, the the deer or the game that you're trying to attract in the first place or you may attract unwanted uh uh game to the to the area number 4 get in there and clear that spot you know if it's a nice tillable field you're going to disc it up great that's fairly simple to do uh 
and if it's not, if it's in the timber, you've got to get in there. You've got to make sure you've got ample sunlight. You've got to make sure you've got good, uh, uh, good airflow. You know, all those ingredients that go into, you know, you, you look at, uh, you know, I'll digress here. You look at all these, these, these farmers and producers that do this for a living, and their job is to go out there every single day and make sure that they can raise a crop. Well, if you think that you're just going to come in off the street and just throw down some seeds and, and hope the sun and water hits it, yeah. and grow a nice food plot, you're probably mistaken. And so you need to make sure and clear the way and do everything that you need to do to get that thing up. And then my last thing is make sure and test the soil. You can save yourself a lot of heartache uh, and a lot of time and a lot of money by testing that soil first where you're going to have that plot to make sure that it's got enough alkaline or enough pH uh, to grow the type of food plot that you're going to want to grow. Uh, and then make sure you get a food plot that's suitable for that type of uh, uh, soil. I'd say that number five has really got to be, and being serious here, number one on the list. That's it. You know, that's yeah. really the first thing you need to do. Well, once again, this is Nick Rhodes with five wildlife properties. Very five. successful <laughs> tips of planting a food plot here from a 5,000 foot perspective. I just checked your list over, uh, Nick, and I found out that. It's not in my plan. <laughs> I was one of those guys that was driving down the street and said, hey, if I throw out some seed here, I got it going on. Jim used to tell me that, you know, when you're just walking, put a little seed in your pocket and just throw it on the right. ground. Somebody told me the story of Johnny Appleseed. I'm sorry. Well, Nick, if we want to find out more about you and wildlife properties and perhaps just pick your brain on and this. And if there's six, have, seven and eight. Yeah, there, I, I'm sure you have a lot more tips about this. You know, you're not you're a lot more knowledgeable when it comes to this than Jimbo and I ever thought of being. Where can we find you online, man? You just got to get on our website, mywildlifeproperty.com. That's www.mywildlifeproperty.com. We also on Facebook, Facebook forward slash mywildlifeproperty. That site, if you get out there and check it out, it's going to be it's gonna be real informative. We've got properties for sale. We've got blogs. We've got uh, articles, different things like that to help you know kind of educate people and get them familiar. If you're thinking about buying property, Give me a call. Uh, if nothing else, I can help point you in the direction uh, of where you need to go, especially when you're buying recreational property or investment property. Uh, if you just want to check out, see, see what Kansas, see some pictures of some bucks in Kansas, just go to our Facebook page, and and, and you can also uh, see pictures of Jim and Travis around there too. Yeah, <laughs> that's gonna draw a lot of or a lot of people unlike his page now. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, hey, we are the Revolution, and uh, uh, we're brought to you by Ram Trucks, RamTrucks.com, and NBC Sports Outdoors. That's NBCSports.com forward slash outdoors. But Nick Man for Jim and I, uh, we want to say thank you so much for being on The Revolution. Isn't that right, Jim? We really want to say you thanks. Hey, it's my pleasure. you got the best listeners in the world. So if I can, uh, if I can cater to them a little bit, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a whole man. <laughs> All right, so stick around because coming up after the break, who are we going to have, Jim? Hey, we got Todd Graff. He's with Foodplots.com. That's right. Me and Jim plus Todd Graff right here on The Revolution coming up after this. Stick around. This is The Revolution with Jim and Trav. Find them on Facebook and Twitter at OutdoorTrailsNetwork.com. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. They need a bitch's ass and then move on. I just just think that the coach made a mistake. Crazy. (laughs) NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. Every Friday, Versus Country is your home to the most respected hunters around. Starting at 8, it's Elk Fever. At 8.30, it's the Buck Stops here with Mike Hanback. Then at 9, let's go hunting, boy. Gun it with Benny Spies, only on Versus. 
Cabela's is the world's foremost outfitter for hunting, fishing, and outdoor gear. You can outfit all your needs through Cabela's catalogs, online, and their mini stores with the best selection, prices, and quality, all backed by a legendary guarantee. Cabela's, celebrating 50 years as the world's foremost outfitter. Identify yourself. It's Jim. It's Trav. They have a radio show. Together they make the revolution. This is the Revolution with Jim and Trav. Full lines are open at 785-846-7647. And Trav, we've been talking about food plots. We've had David Morris on the show. We've had uh, Randy Vanderveen on the show. And now who we got on? We got Todd Graff, and he's with Food Plots. You can find him by going to www.foodplots.com. A whole bunch of great information on there. And I'm actually reading a story on you guys' website it's right now. It's a sad Todd. ending. No, it's a good ending, man. It's called Importance of Summer Nutrition. And, and right there in the first paragraph, it says that hardened antlers are approximately a 40 to 50% protein. Wow. That, that is absolutely amazing. Hardened antlers, 40 to 50%, and also um, the doe's milk contains 32% protein, as I stutter. Um, Todd, what this says to us is that um, there we better be, be a whole lot of um, uh, protein to be found in, in their food if we want to have healthy herds. Absolutely. I mean, anytime you can take a piece of property you're hunting or you're leasing and enhance it with high-quality food plots, I mean, number one, you're, you're going to have a better hunt uh, because of the attraction of the food. But most importantly, you are going to be giving back, you know, a significant amount to the deer, you know, through protein and just having a, a regular food source for those deer to count on. Yeah. Now, you're in that uh, big deer state of Illinois. And uh, how many or how big are your food plots? That's probably one of the number one questions we get, you know, asked the most, but, you know, they range in size. The, the one small piece of property that I have is only 53 acres, but I've got it jam-packed with, you know, as much food as I can get on the, on that little piece of property. I think I've got about 10 acres of actual food on that little piece of property. So when it comes to size, I mean, of course, a lot of times, you know, your deer density is what kind of has to determine that. I mean, if you're in an area where you've got a huge deer density, and you try to put in a small plot, generally the success of that plot probably isn't going to be very good. But generally speaking, size-wise, you know, I, I always try to recommend at least a quarter of an acre and then greater. Yeah. You know, and, you know, in the past, okay, you know, four or five years ago, food plots really started coming on. People were getting into this. And everyone thought that you had to have, you know, 50 acres worth of food plots. But, you know, like you just pointed out, that is not true. You can have a quarter acre. You can have an acre, two acres. Really, anything that we can do will tremendously benefit the deer in your area. No question about it. You know, that, that's one of the biggest things that I try to, when I, in my writings on my website, um, whether it's foodplots.com. What's neat about that foodplots.com website, too, is that I want to point out is, you know, those articles are from writers from all around the state. So, you know, th there's articles there that are beyond, of course, just the Midwest. I mean, we're pretty fortunate here in the Midwest, but, you know, there are other writers that submit articles pretty regularly to that site that are from other areas too that can help you be more successful with your food pot planting as well. Yeah, now you had mentioned earlier before we went on the air about a tremendous buck that was taken that you have a lot of data on and that's one of the things that you can actually do is you can chronicle the history of the deer population and, and how they're uh, doing. Absolutely. I mean, one of the benefits to having high quality food plots for sure is if you properly monitor you know, those plots, I, you know, I personally use stealth cam a lot, but I mean, there's all kinds of trail cameras available and there's no doubt about it. If you can get a variety of food 
put on a piece of property because, of course, you know, having one food source isn't your goal. I mean, deer's patterns change throughout the year. Their eating habits change just like mine and your eating habits change. And the key is to make sure that you've got the proper food for the right time. And another big thing that people forget about, too, at food plots is just just because you have food plots doesn't mean your hunting is going to be any easier. Sometimes, oh, yeah. quite frankly, it can be more difficult. Yeah, now we're talking uh, you from uh, northwest Kansas. And, of course, uh, we're the corn capital of the world out here. Plus, we have sorghum. Uh, plus, we have uh, winter wheat that they can actually dine on, if you'd like. Sure. But uh, the, the, the food plots, I noticed on your, uh, on your website uh, that um, – uh, you've got a lot of different seed manufacturers listed there. Yeah, it's amazing the amount of companies have gotten into, you know, creating the different seed types. You know, there's so many different kinds, and, of course, they all have their own recommendation in terms of where you live and the type of soils that you have and so forth. I mean, of course, the success is always based upon the quality of the soil that you have, and you have to always start with getting a soil test done first so you know exactly what you're working on. I mean, I can tell you straight up, in the beginning days, I was like everybody else, and I was like, oh, I'm just going to buy the seed and go out here and, you know, rough up the dirt and put the seed down. And, and it really does require a lot more work than just that. And it's important that if you know that going into it, you, you do not want a disaster on your hands when you're all said and done. You don't want just a, a big pile of weeds. You want to have a good-looking food source. And when, it, when your brain thinks of food sources, you know, you're always just thinking of those beautiful cornfields and bean fields and brassica fields without one weed in it, but let me tell you, it takes a lot of work to get those food plots looking like that, but it's definitely achievable. And that website has got a lot of the tools and resources that can help you get that done. On another website that we have, which is bowhunting.com, we actually have an online show that you can watch. And if you watch some of the shows from last year where we had that really hard snowfall, you can see 20 and 30 and 40 deer coming into some of the different food plots oh. that I was hunting over. And one of the neat things with that is, of course, you, when you're sitting there, you can actually begin to see their antlers fall off. And I had several hunts last year where I literally was watching them eat, and their antlers would pop off right there in the food box. Oh, that cool. is cool. <laughs> cool. Makes, it, makes finding them a lot easier, that's for sure. You bet. <laughs> hey, we've been talking with Todd Graff, and, of course, he says, don't throw your seed, sow your seed. That's right, sow your seed. Once again, Mr. Todd, where do we have to head to online to find out more about you guys? Well, uh, the first thing, if you're looking for food plot information, definitely check out foodplots.com. Uh, our big main website is bowhunting.com. Uh, we've got a lot of valuable information there, uh, all kinds of writers and blogs and forums. If you have any questions at all, you can get them all answered right there on the website. And, of course, one of the coolest things we're doing as of late is we've got 15 guys that hunt all different areas that are running around with their video cameras, and we put up a weekly show on the website so it's definitely worth checking out oh that's nice once again uh find them online you just google them and we are the revolution you find us at outdoortrailsnetwork.com we're also brought to you by ram trucks at ramtrucks.com and ruger that's ruger.com but mr todd man thank you so much for being on the revolution definitely appreciate uh you guys having us online and good luck with your food plot now you too todd but uh stick around because coming up after the break we got mr unpro himself chance orth right here on the revolution happening in about 90 seconds See you then. Public health care, male enhancement, and snuggies. All things that don't affect the revolution. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. 
Who's watching your home when you're not there? It could be a burglar. Burglars prefer to break in when they think no one is home, and no one will stop them. Don't be an easy target for intruders. Protect your home with a free security system monitored by ADT, the leader in home security. Pick up your phone right now and get free hardware, free medical and fire alert, and free activation. It's an $850 value. Just call Protect Your Home, your authorized ADT dealer, at 1-866-669-8954. You'll get 24-hour protection, and there's no cost for parts or activation. Call now about a free security system monitored by ADT. Call 1-866-669-8954. $99 installation charge, 36-month monitoring agreement at $35.99 per month. Call for terms and conditions to this offer and protect your home license numbers. Call now, 1-866-669-8954. That's 1-866-669-8954. The Revolution's Unpro Moment with Chance Orth is brought to you by Ram at RamTrucks.com. This is the Revolution with Jim and Trent. Full lens are open at 785 We've been talking about food plots this week. Yeah, and I've been depressed for the past three weeks because I have not talked to our next caller. You're going through withdrawal. On numerous levels. <laughs> <laughs> it was just New Year's. Oh, no, we got Chance Orth, Mr. Unpro himself. Mr. Oak Clear himself. A whole cast and crew of misfits there. But anyways, Mr. Chance Orth, welcome back to the Revolution, buddy. I am the Blackbeard of unprofessional fishing. <laughs> Happy New Year, he, Revolution. He's going to stick crap in his ears and set it on fire. <laughs> well, that's when he lived in Minnesota. He's a pirate. But, you know, um, as you know, Chance, uh, this week on The Revolution, uh, or today, we're talking about uh, Food Plus, overall deer management, and how people can increase the herds on even a small track of land. It's health. And this is really a trend that is starting to take off, but there's still a lot of people that they're too afraid to even look into it of the, the misnomer that it's just too complicated, too costly, too. Absolutely. You know, and I find that guys up here in uh, northern Wisconsin, northern Minnesota, seem to be a lot less likely to be creating food plots. Partly, I think partly because uh, there's so much uh, vacation cabins Yeah. Uh, with high frequency. These guys uh, only get up there once or twice a year and, and don't really have the time or resources to manage their land in any fruitful way. But the guys that do uh, reap the results. Oh, yeah, definitely. Oh, yeah. You know, uh, with limited time <clears throat> up at their deer lands uh, are, are just baiting. Yeah. Well, the regulations for deer baiting and the ethics of it uh, have a lot of guys wondering whether, you know, the transition to food plots is, is a viable option. I know my uncle um, had tried to, uh, on some of the land that we hunt, he's got an open like a five-acre field that he planted with clover uh, last summer, and it just basically didn't come in. Yeah. I don't think he is too handy with uh, with the disc and everything. <laughs> so you only break this out once once every 10 years to try and grow something. I don't think that he had the knack for it. Well, you know, so it would be nice to have a an easy grow option, uh, something that you could just throw on the ground and forget about it. Well, two things, you know, before you ever plant a food plot, you really need to get a soil sample and you got to look into what already the consistency the of. consistency of the soil is but getting back to your baiting real quick you know there's there's a difference between a bait and a supplement and 
and people, they really need to look into that because if you're actually going to do a supplement like a powdered form where you could put out, this is really something that's actually very good. You got to make sure it's high in um, vitamins and minerals and salt and so on and so forth. But that's something that you can do year round, which is very beneficial to the animals. And then, you know what? Couple, three weeks before hunting season, stop doing it. You know, there, there's a big difference between baiting and putting out a good supplement. Absolutely. Uh, 100% agree with you there. And in some states, that's actually demanded by legislation. Yeah. But, <clears throat> I mean, honestly, uh, where, uh, where I hunt again, northern Wisconsin, it, we need to do anything we can to uh, help make this deer herd healthier because from what I've seen and from what I've been hearing from other guys, this is just 2011 was one of the most pitiful seasons for seeing deer and harvesting deer uh, in recent memory. Really? Yeah, since the early 90s. Uh, our, our deer population up north, at least, seems to have hit uh, an all-time low. Oh. I personally have never seen so few deer out in the woods. And partly, you know, we could partly blame mismanagement. I don't know. We've been on uh, uh, unlimited bonus tags here for the past six years, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so partly it may have been due to overharvest, but certainly um, we just don't have the cropland up there to feed a healthy deer population. Yeah, and we found out that uh, you can do as little as like a quarter acre. Yeah. Uh, you don't have to do big food plots in order to help the herd that's there. You just have to make sure that you, you, you put it in a place where they can find it, you know, first of all. But, uh, nevertheless, uh, you know, everybody can do something. You know, you can do it at your, at your, uh, uh, farm up there, uh, where you guys hunt all the time. And, uh, there's a lot of other places around the country that can be done. And it's just going to help out the herd. Now, let me ask you this, though. In terms of helping out the herd long term, now, creating a, a food plot, does that also create a, in the deer a dependency on that food plot and make them less, uh, you know, viable gatherers, you know, if, if you were to take that food plot away? Well, you, you think about it. If you actually, uh, if you're out there and uh, you kind of, you, you've, you've done this food plot and they're coming in and so forth, you know, what happens when they, uh, they start to move around, especially during the rut? I mean, they beat me three miles away. They still have to feed on other things besides your food plot. Well, so, you know, it's an aid in them to, to browse if they need to browse if there's no grazing available. You know, it'd also be different chance of, let's say, you have 500 acres and it's high fence and it's all a big food plot. You know, that's all they know where, you know, it's open range. You know, let's say you have a quarter of an acre. That's really not enough to become dependent on, as Jim was saying. You know, they're going to range around there or roam around. They're going to do other things. And um, I, it's, it's, you know, it, it's not that you're giving them a lot. You know, you're not providing them four meals a day or four squares, you know, like you're in prison. Um, it, yeah. It's just enough to sustain them and to give them the nutrients. And when they're lacking, and you know, like up there where you're at, it, you get out of the forest. It's a dense canopy. A lot of things that you can do, too, is go in there and clean some of that out. Let some sunlight get down in there so something can actually grow. Absolutely. No, we've actually experienced that on my uh, mom and dad's land where, um, you know, we were a little bit reluctant to uh, <clears throat> sell any of our trees, but we finally ended up doing it. Um, you know, we did, we just didn't want to harm the forest, I guess, but yeah. we sold a bunch of our popples and stuff, a lot of our softwoods, and 
four years later, our, our forest is healthier and holding more game than yep. ever before. Yeah. And it's exactly what you guys are saying, though. We opened up the canopy there, and all of a sudden, all this dense undergrowth is popping up, and it's great for holding game, and it's, and it's uh, great for feeding game, too. You bet. Hey, we've been talking with Chance Orth, and he is with Unpro Fishing. He's an unprofessional fisherman, Jim. Oh, that's that if you want your trees <laughs> cut There's down. There's no difference. They're interchangeable. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, Mr. Chance, if we want to find out more about you and the whole Unpro Pro crew, where can we head to online and uh, find you on Facebook and Twitter as well, man? Check us out at uh, unprofishing.com. They'll yeah. link you, you to our Tumblr page and all our videos. And uh, we're still slowly releasing our season two uh, Unpro Fishing videos. <laughs> uh, our Twitter handle is also Unpro Fishing. And. Uh, and our Facebook page is the Unprofessional Fishermen. Oh, and they are unprofessional, yes, trust me. <laughs> oh, just about as unprofessional as you can get. <laughs> Once again, you got to check them out at Unprofessional. Is it Unprofessional? Can you go to both? Because I've done it both, I think. You can go to like... Yeah, you if, you if you search Unprofessional Fishermen, you'll find us too. Yeah, you can do all that. Anyways... That's we, all I've ever wanted. <laughs> we are the revolution. We're brought to you by Ram Trucks. You can find those good guys and gals at RamTrucks.com plus Ruger. That's Ruger.com and Cabela's, world's foremost outfitter at Cabela's.com. Mr. Chance, as always, thanks so much for being on the revolution today. Thank you, Trav. Thank you, Jim. I miss you guys. We love you. <laughs> I love you, man. This is the revolution. They've been eating the underprivileged since 1961. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. There are some things in life that defy explanation. Sleeping out under a few billion stars on a clear western night, for example. Or the thrill of being in the saddle and running with the herd. Words can't do justice to the scope of those experiences. Such is the case at Ram, where the 1500 is so loaded with performance and personality that any attempt to describe it falls short. You simply have to climb aboard and take it for a run to fully appreciate what it means to ride on top. Guts, glory, Ram. The 390 horsepower Ram 1500 with an available 5.7 liter Hemi V8 that gets up to 20 MPG plus a five-year, 100,000-mile powertrain limited warranty. MPG based on highway EPA estimates. See a dealer for a copy of the powertrain limited warranty. Ram and Hemi are registered trademarks of Chrysler Group, LLC. For hunting, target, and long-range shooting, choose Zeiss Rapid C, the ultimate ballistic reticle. Now until December 31st, receive up to a $100 mail-in rebate when you purchase a qualifying rifle scope with Rapid C reticle. See your Zeiss dealer or visit Zeiss.com sports for details. Hey, we want to give a special thanks to all of our 366 affiliate stations, our advertisers, and everyone that makes the show possible. Like Miss Bunny, Fun Joe, Mark Paneri, and our guests such as Todd Amonrude, Randy Vanderveen, David Morris, Nick Rhodes, Todd Graff, and Chance Orth. That's right, coming up next we got... The Revolution. Oh man, we're going to be going on concealed carry on you guys. Uh, Jim's got a pistol and he's wanting to carry it. That's right. Uh, so that's what we're going to cover. Stick around, it's going to be great. So we are... Jim and Traff. And uh, your local news weather? Hey boys and girls. It's coming up next.
Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.